And we're joined now by Nadir Token, analyst at 274 Investment Managers. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Sakina. So, Nadir, uh, let's talk a minute about uh, the December Fed meeting, uh, the, uh, the, the minutes of that that was released last night. Yeah, we obviously know that the Federal Reserve increased interest rates for the first time in almost a decade in December, moving up by 25 basis points. And that was very much anticipated by the market, and we saw the market reaction to that uh, fairly muted. In fact, we saw um, some, some, some gains on the back of that, and we saw emerging markets not reacting as violently as what uh, the, the, the analysts had expected leading up to that interest rate increase. So it was very interesting to hear what would have happened um, at that Federal uh, Reserve Open Market Committee meeting and how the members were thinking. And in fact, uh, what, what, the, the, what the main thing that was taken out of the minutes yesterday was that um, although the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee decided to increase interest rates, they were exceptionally concerned about low inflation within the U.S. and uh, you know increasing interest rates when inflation um, you know was so low and well below the two percent target. Um, we all know how deflationary the very low oil price environment has been, um, and, and, and we know that uh, wage inflation in U.S. has uh, wage inflation in the U.S. hasn't exactly been spectacular. So while we saw uh, higher interest rates entering um, the, the, the U.S. markets, uh, there were members of the Federal Reserve Committee who said it was a very close decision. And uh, you know this would ordinarily be somewhat of a, of, of, of a, a dovish sign for markets. And uh, you know on the back of this, we'd say that well. The interest rates in the U.S. are possibly not going to be increasing as rapidly as what was originally thought. And uh, as a result of that, we could have seen uh, the risk assets rallying quite substantially. But we see the route in China continuing, and that's really what's been dominating uh, market news this week, hasn't it, Sakina? I mean, uh, Mm. the RAND has struggled to firm yesterday. In fact, it depreciated quite sharply. We saw oil, oil really falling off a precipice, and, you know, that's putting a number of the Middle Eastern economies under under some pressure but oil under $35 a barrel for the first time since 2004 so you know reaching a multi multi year low and we see risk uh, sentiment in the markets generally fairly poor and this is uh, in a you know this is while the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee meetings were somewhat dovish so you know whilst those, whilst those minutes uh, may indicate that the Federal Reserve is going to continue to remain very very data dependent and uh, you know the, the one data point we have seen come out after that meeting obviously it's been a very quiet period because of the December period but the one data point we have seen come out since that meeting is jobless claims in the U.S. and that had reached uh, something of a six-month high since uh, July since July 2015. So the one data point we've seen hasn't been that great. So let's wait and see what comes out before the next Federal Reserve meeting. But all in all, the, the, the members expressing concern about the slow rate of uh, the slow rate of inflation reaching their target of two percent. So possibly you could see lower interest rates for for well, not, let me not say lower interest rates, but certainly not an increase in interest rates as rapidly as what the market may have initially thought. And Nadir, business confidence numbers that came out yesterday, what did it tell us? 
Yeah, you know, Sakina, I mean, the business sector in South Africa continues to wane, doesn't it? Uh, we see sentiment is exceptionally poor, and that's why we're seeing uh, significant, uh, you know, reductions in the amount of uh, capex spend which is happening by South African companies, and why we're not seeing much foreign direct investments happening into the South African economy. I mean, it's a it's a tradition, it's a typical emerging market commodity story, isn't it? Uh, while there are some factors which are unique to South Africa, obviously. Uh, you know, with our, with our strike action, our high unemployment, and our somewhat polarized uh, society. But, uh, you know, the, the, it's, it seems to be um, a plaguing a lot of emerging markets. I mean, if one looks at Brazil, you know, they're an absolute basket case at the moment with their economic growth coming under significant pressure, their external balances worse than ours, and, uh, you know, the, the, obviously with the Petrobras scandal and with uh, uh, impeachment hearings which are happening at, uh, at, 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 at Congress for so, you know, the business environment, Sakina, continues to remain, the, the outlook for the, for the environment continues to remain um, very, very gloomy. And on the back of that, we're likely to see, unfortunately, restrained investment in the South African economy for the foreseeable future. And what that ultimately translates to is not, in, uh, not rapid enough job creation, um, you know, and at, at uh, above 25% um, unemployment, you know, that's obviously not going to reduce any time soon. And, uh, you know, that obviously has a very um, um, dampening effect on economic growth. And uh, speaking of investment, um, could you talk to us uh, just very briefly, Nadir, about the investment case for Renault Limited? Yeah, look, Sakin, I mean, it's a stock which has obviously lagged the all share index by quite a bit since 2010. Um, you know, I mean, it's a stock that's up about 25%, where the all share index um, has pretty much doubled uh, since, since 2010. So it's lagged the markets quite considerably. But if we break down, you know, obviously the sectors they're operating in, in electrical engineering, um, you know, and, and those sorts of, in those sorts of fields, uh, you know, it obviously requires a significant amount of capex spending or a significant amount of government spending on infrastructure, um, you know, to, to experience a massive growth in earnings. You know, you know I think the, the, the growth in their bottom line, given the kind of environment they operate in, the growth in the bottom line has been somewhat impressive if you look at it, uh, you know, around 7% growth in their bottom line year on year, and uh, they're operating within an exceptionally difficult environment. Um, you know, so I think that's fairly um, impressive. They're sitting on a, quite a healthy cash pile of, uh, you know, after the sale of, uh, of, of, of Nashua, and, uh, you know, they haven't deployed that cash as yet. So we could either see the declaration of a special dividend by management or what management has indicated they're more likely to do is diversify their earnings offshore. Now, we all know that's been a very successful strategy for a number of JSE-listed companies. We've seen it happening um, in the industrial space quite a bit, be it the healthcare operators, um, you know, the likes of MediClinic, which has gone offshore, the likes of Netcare, which has indicated it's looking for the right operation offshore, and obviously the likes of Steinoff, which has diversified massively offshore, um, you know, over the recent past. And that's proved to be a highly successful strategy, um, you know, obviously as the RAND has, has weakened. And uh, there's a number of offshore economies which are in a much healthier state than, than, than our uh, local economy, particularly if you're investing in the electrical engineering space like Roynet is. So the diversification of earnings offshore makes some sense. Um, you know, obviously the entry point is a lot 
more attractive given that uh, the share has lagged the overall all share index. Um, you know, and it's, it's at the end of the day, uh, you know, depending on what they decide to do with the cash and if that could be value accretive, um, it could be quite an interesting, uh, quite an interesting buy for, for, for shareholders.